You're listening to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. I'm joined by Buffalo, New York singer Jim Crean. Jim grew up around music. His dad was a drummer and really helped Jim gain an appreciation for music. But he was also big into sports, which makes sense for a guy from Buffalo. But once he started playing, he was all in. He started playing bars at a really young age, and he's been putting out music for decades. He's a member of the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame, so when Carmine and Vinnie Apice toured with their Drum Wars bands, they did some scouting before each show so they could include local musicians in it. That's how they found Jim and began working with him on a regular basis. Jim also tells the story of why the brothers each pronounced their last name differently. Jim's new band, and it is a band, features Vinnie Apice and guitarist Steph Hond, and it is 100% the product of the pandemic. This band is different for Jim, even the songwriting uses a different approach. They're playing their live debut in January at the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. So check out the new album, Kill the Beautiful. Grab a merch bundle while they last. Check them out on Facebook and check us out at Performance ANX on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on YouTube and Facebook. Reach out through any of those platforms or at the PerformanceAnxietyPod at gmail.com. Grab our merch at PerformanceANX.threadless.com. Or buy us a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Now prepare to have Jim Crean of Screamtaker take your breath away on performance anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hey, this is Jim Crean from Screamtaker. Uh, pick up the new Screamtaker album, Kill the Beautiful, and you're listening to performance anxiety. <laughs> All right, well, the way I like to get into everything is to kind of find out how you got to where you are. And, and usually that means finding out how music, f- you know, how it first made an impact on you. I mean, were you a, a kid and was, what were you listening to? Were your parents making you take lessons or was it something you found on your own? How did you really start getting into music? Um, all of that, you know, I, <laughs> my, really my dad was a drummer, you know, so oh, cool. I was exposed to music at a, at a very young age, you know, so they used to practice at my house. So every day I would see these, well, not every day, but a couple times a week, I'd see these cool rocker guys coming over. And, and, um, you know, I was really into sports as a kid okay. and, um, and still am. So, you know, I would see all that. And I, I thought it was really cool. And then, um, I think for my, maybe I was in fifth grade or fourth grade, I bought a, a guitar. Oh, okay. You know, for my communion. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so it was kind of cool. So I started that, and then um, by 13, I was starting to take guitar lessons and all that, and um, playing in bars at 15. So I, wow. I started really young. Yeah. Wow. So were you, were you singing that early on, too, or did that come a little later? I started singing around maybe, uh, yeah, around 13, 14, maybe 15. Wow. That's when I really started, yeah. Were you doing that all that in, in public when you're out at that I started early playing day. in bars probably that's a good question I started playing in bars at like 15 and, and so you were you singing and playing guitar at the same time at that point no I, I dropped a guitar completely and I just oh. you know I would write songs just focused on, on singing oh. I had a good guitar player at the time so he was better than me so he took over the guitar and <laughs> then I just sang well that's smart yeah, so, one. so you're Be young again yeah <laughs> so you grew up in the in Buffalo is that right yeah, Buffalo, New York. It's a small town, uh, upstate New York. 
you know, when you say New York, everybody thinks New York City or whatever, but it was Buffalo, New York, and yeah, really cool music scene when I was growing up. Um, That's what I wanted to know about. Like, like yeah. what, what was the scene for you as, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old kid gigging out there? How Were there a lot of places for you to play? Every night of the week you could play. I mean, I didn't, but, you know, you could play every night of the week back then. Um, you know, the drinking age was only 18, so... Uh, but yeah, I mean, there were so many bars and, and nightclubs and theaters and there was a really thriving scene here. And Buffalo is really exciting. Yeah. And, then, you know, we go up to Rochester, New York and Syracuse, New York. And so we do the whole 90, uh, they call it. Where are you in Washington? I see you're Washington. I'm in, well, I'm in D.C. or outside of D.C. But I went to college up in Rochester. At, uh, uh, oh, you did? RIT for a few years. For sure. So, you know, you know, the, you know, the whole mar- oh, uh, market. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and we got, we sprinkle in some Pennsylvania in there, and so you could do a lot back then. We play every night of the week, which I did. So, at what point did it become apparent that music was what you wanted to do? And or maybe 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 the better question to ask is: is at what point did you realize it's something that you could do for a living? Right there and then. I mean, wow. I, I think I yeah, I saw Aerosmith play. And and, uh, and I saw a band called local band here called Talus. Oh yeah, Billy Sheehan. Billy Sheehan for sure. Oh, them opened, and I said, okay, that's I know what I'm I'm doing with the rest of my life. Wow. So really, the defining point for me, and uh, and I never looked back. I just been doing it hard since forty some forty forty two years. That's amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> when did you start really branching out of that? Buffalo, Rochester area and, and start going a little more national. The national thing started happening about maybe 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Okay. Um, but I, in, in 2000, I formed a band called Hair Nation. Yes. And it was a tribute. Yeah. So we're a tribute band. You've heard of us. We've been around all over now. Yeah. But it was 22 years we've been together. Wow. So that's really when all the that started. I started doing a lot of that where we open for a lot of national bands and we do a lot of that type of stuff. And then in, I don't know what year it was, 2010, maybe formed, I joined the band, uh, the peace brothers. Okay. Ryan and Vinny Apathy and peace. And, uh, that's when I started really going national with it, playing all over the, the world. Why? It's been, uh, great. Right. Why can't they agree on a pronunciation of their last name? You know, it's funny cause they did. Uh, it used to be Apathy is the right way to say it. Okay. That's what I thought. But, but what happened was Carmine played with Rod, Rod Stewart, and Rod could never say Apathy. So, yeah, crazy. <laughs> so one night he just said to Carmine, he goes, can I just call you a piece? And Carmine thought to himself, hey, crazy money, you can call me whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. And that's really a true story. And then, then the, he went with a piece. Wow. And Vinny was Apathy. And their other brother, Frank, calls himself a piche. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's 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 it. That's I had no idea that their other brother. Oh my gosh! Crazy. So when I'm on stage, I gotta you know I gotta be careful because I gotta say you know Vinny Apathy on the drums and Carmine Peace on the drums. Uh, when I when I announce them out, you know, I'm gonna I blame Rod Stewart for a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> Rod's great. I, I I was a photographer for years, and I, I do a lot of live band work. And rumor has it that it's Rod Stewart's fault that photographers are only in major venues are only allowed to shoot the first three songs. So really? that's the room. I often wonder why that was. Because 
the rumor- we, we have that Dave's that same role, and I, and I never understood why three songs. What, what are you gonna do with three songs? And I know why because he doesn't want to break his spot. Yeah, and you don't want his hair to fall Terrible. down. But it's exactly the truth. But I always thought those were some of the best pictures when you're, you know, all sweaty and yeah. in the in the mode, and you you know you went through about five or six songs and. The band doesn't get into it until cl- at least halfway through. That's when everybody starts really getting, you know, feeling it. The best pictures are like the Rod, That makes sense. So, yeah, I, I heard that from Paul Natkin. I had him on the, the podcast a, f- a few months ago, and he swears that that's what happened. So I'm going to believe Probably true. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash performanceanxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performanceanxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. but. I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and loved them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was Jailbait. Wait, Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet. And help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. So how did you meet uh, Vinny and Carmine? (laughs) A-P-P-I-C-E. Carmine and Vinny A. So how did you meet those guys and start playing with them? They were doing this drum wars band that morphed into what it is now a real band yeah but they were doing it in every city they would get different musicians oh so they pick like all-stars from every you know you submit tapes and whatnot and then every city they would pick different musicians for for that city oh cool so they did a whole run and then by the time it came i got picked by city buffalo and um by the time that came up they met me and they had you know a bunch of dates lined up after me and they said we found our guy Wow. So they actually literally had their manager or agent contact next night was in Rochester and then Syracuse and all the whole thing and canceled the band and just took me with them. Crazy. So, and I haven't looked back since I've been with them ever since. 
albums already. Wow. I'm working on an album. So it's been crazy. We did a live album and a studio album working on another studio album. So it's been a great run. Oh, that's such a great story. Mm-hmm. And like now we're like family, like brothers. It's crazy. But, you know, it's, I mean, these two are rock legends right there, you know? Sorry, my daughter just came in the door and it came in and slammed the door twice. Hey, that's okay. Uh, I swear. <laughs> the dangers of podcasting in the living room. Listen, I mean, so, things have changed since COVID. We, I'm here, I'm in my office at home. You know, it's like years ago, you used to come in the studio or whatever, you know, now exactly. it's a whole different game. It really is. And you can't predict anything. And now she's staring at me. Okay, it's fun. Go on, how finish this? I only have a few minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So at what point did you start doing solo albums? Because you've got several that are Jim Crean albums. They're not you know yeah. bands. So was that after you started working with the way before oh okay. ninety one. So I you know I'm, I have a bunch of albums out with different bands I was in right. uh, throughout the eighties. And um like four or five albums with different bands from the eighties. But then in the nineties, ninety one things just got so crazy with all the, the, the music scene, you know, yeah, the music yeah. business. So then I decided I'm just going to keep writing songs and put out what I want to put out, you know, oh, okay. put out what was hot at the time, you know, grunge music and all that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I would just keep writing songs. And, and I did my first solo album in 91. Six, and I just kept doing them throughout the whole thing. I think I'm on my ninth solo album. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, I just keep doing them. And after hearing some of the well, the new band and some of the older stuff, I absolutely get why Vinnie and Carmine fell in, in love with your voice. I mean, you've got this Paul Stanley meets Ronnie James Dio quality to your voice, and it's it's super evident on tracks like Caught in the Middle. That's that song particularly. I was like, I light bulb went off. Boom. You can sail away to the sun and let it burn you while it can. Yeah. I walk along bloody road like the hero who never ran. get why they just absolutely dig your voice cool it's a really cool it's really amazing to be able to hear a little bit of a couple other people's voices within your voice and it, how you make it your own I, that's really great that caught in the middle we did that on the insatiable record yes and that feature that was jimmy bain's 
you know, the original bass player from Dio, his last recording ever. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize that. Before it passed away. Yeah, literally, I got the, the track back from him on that Friday, right? And, yeah. and that's Sunday he passed away in the, on the cruise. Oh, so that was his last recording ever. Wow. Um, and it also featured Frank Domino from Angel, me and him to duet style vocal. And Benny Appetit on drums. Oh my gosh, that just that just blew me away. I had no idea. Yeah, so that was cool. But um, yeah, it was a deal cover we did, and uh, that was cool. That was a good one. But yeah, I try when I sing. I try and you know I, I like to put my influences in there. But I try and over the years, you just end up crafting your own style. And oh yeah, more so. Yeah, yeah, but there's great mix for a hard rock vocalist and it's i really like it i've really been enjoying it listening to it over the past couple of days and with the new new scream taker album plus the older stuff it's uh, it's a great hard rock voice yeah i embrace it i mean years ago i used to try and be more of a melodic you know which i still do if you listen to my solo stuff very melodic yeah um, but i embrace the heavy hard rock singer that i am <laughs> I've, I've embraced it over the years. So oh, you need cool. to. Yeah. So there's the new band, Scream Taker, debut album, Kill the Beautiful. In piecing everything together in the research, it sounds like this band is really a, a product of the pandemic. Is that right? 100%. Steph Hond, who played with Paul Liano, amazing musician, guitar player, keyboard player, singer, songwriter, bass player, every, all, all in one. Him and I worked on my last album called London Fog, with solo album. Yes. And Vinny played on that as well. And a lot of great musicians played on that record. the pandemic came and me and Steph became good friends over the, over the years from him. Work, work, I played on his solo albums. He played on my stuff. So we just, we, we work well together. Okay. So we just started, we just, one day we're like chatting on, online and we said, Hey, let's, let's work on some songs. We've got any ideas. And normally I would send him my ideas, my riffs and everything. This time I said to him, I go, you send me what you have. If you have anything, I want to be inspired and, and do something. And so he started sending me, Track after track, I mean, they were just flooding in oh, wow. to the point where I was like, "Wow, okay, this, this, they were onto something." I loved what he was sending. It was definitely different than what I normally would have written. So it was really hard metal, rock, Black Sabbathy, Dio, Deep Purple, White Snake, all in one. And I was like, "Wow, this isn't what I would normally have written, but I love it." So then it challenged me. So then we did a couple songs, no mode, and they came out real heavy. And I said to Steph. I'm going to call it Vinny Appis if he wants to drop some drums on these because they're perfect for him. Oh, cool. I literally sent him over to Vin. Vin called me within 10 minutes of listening to him. Damn, this is great. Count me in. I want to be a part of this. This wow. is great. And that's really what happened. That is and awesome. Then we banged out a couple songs and right away, 
next thing you know, we just started, our juices were flowing. We just started writing songs and writing songs. And Vinny was getting into it. Vinny started rearranging some of the songs. And before you knew it, we had 11 tracks written within like a, two weeks. Whoa, that's fast. Jeez. It was crazy. I mean, that's all we were doing is just literally working on Screen Taker for like two weeks. Three of us were just constantly sending files all day long and back and forth and it was a lot of fun actually it wasn't work it was fun because it was like we were so inspired and, and like Vinny always says in his interviews that he was really inspired at that time and so was I and so was Steph obviously it, it just came easy no pressure it just came really easy we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors Have you ever thought about CBD and wondered if it's the right choice for you? My wife and I did. For a few years now, she suffered from some chronic pain, and we had discussed trying CBD, but didn't have any idea where or even how to get started. That's why we chose Pure Spectrum. They make the highest quality hemp-derived products and back it up by providing third-party lab tests for every single batch of products right on their website. For my wife, we started with some tincture and isolate, But there's also gummies, topicals, mints, and a lot more. Pure Spectrum not only has CBD products for wellness, they also have CBD for fitness and recovery, and there's even CBD for your pets. And if you're like me and not sure how to start, there's a ton of information on the website and chat options available. So go to PureSpectrumCBD.com to do your own research, and when you check out, Use the code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your order. Check them out on Instagram at Pure Spectrum Hemp and subscribe to their email list for sales, new products, and updates. Pure Spectrum, refined phytocannabinoid wellness products for all lifestyles. We didn't have a label behind us, so there was no pressure on, hey, you guys got to get this thing out here and, yeah. and all that. Because when you sign a deal, they want the product the next day. Yeah, We didn't have any... You know what I mean? Yeah. So we didn't have any worries like that. We just were just writing it. I didn't know what we were going to do. <laughs> we were going to release it, really. And then oh, um, one day, Vinny said to me, he goes, we should get a deal with this thing. It's good enough. So we started shopping it and got some good offers from some a couple really big labels. And uh, I was talking to my manager, Jeff Keller, um, one day, because he manages the Peace Brothers. And we started coming out of the pandemic and we started booking a lot of peace dates and doing a whole tour and whatnot, booking a tour. And um, he said, what you been up to? I said, I got this great album I did with Vinny and this guy out of France called Steph Hahn. It was amazing. You should check it out. I sent it to him. He called me up and said, this is great. What are you going to do with it? I said, well, you're going to do something with it. We'll get us a, we'll get us a deal. And nice. he called me within like a couple hours and said, I got Deco Entertainment loves it. They want to sign it. Charlie over there. Wow. And really glad they did because they're a great label. And all of this happened because the gig you were going to do got canceled because of the pandemic. What do you mean? The, um, you weren't, you were about to tour with, uh, yeah, I have Peace Brothers. Was it, I'm trying to remember, was it, was it? It just come off a tour with the Peace Brothers. Okay. We I'm, literally, yeah, we were out on the road for two weeks. With the Peace Brothers, we played. We played in Washington D.C. We played. Oh. That was one of our last shows we did. Oh wow! Cool story behind that is we did um, a show in Washington D.C. for um, all these politicians. It was like a private event, <laughs> and it was like us. Billy Gibbons was with, played with us, and um, Buck Dharma from Blister Cult. But it was all of us. We did this 
really cool show for the politician. Then the next day, um, the one politician said to us, he, you guys, we had, a, we had a day off before we went to New York City to play the following night. So we had a day off. He said, you guys want to take a tour of the uh, Capitol building? So we had a private tour of the whole Capitol building, wow. places like nobody knew would normally go to. Oh. Obviously, now you can't even go there anymore. Yeah. But, you know, but wow. um, but at that time, yeah, so that was really cool. Oh, but, yeah, we did that. And then all of a sudden, COVID, you know, we were in so many different airports. Jeez, I mean, we were literally in Boston. We were in New Jersey, New York. I mean, a whole swing. Every night of the week, we were in different airports and, and stuff like that. Jeez. I don't know how we didn't get this COVID thing that everybody was getting. It was crazy. And then um, what happened? So then we literally wound a tour down in New York City. And then the next day, me and my fiance flew back to Buffalo to take a week off. And we were heading back out to do another run with the brothers. Okay, that's what I was and, thinking uh, of. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what I was mean. And then what happened was, uh, geez, I mean, the world shut down. Yeah. And then crazy. because it shut down, you got this whole other project going. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought? We thought it was only going to be for a couple of weeks. All, all our dates got postponed yeah. and all that stuff, as everybody else's did. And um, before you knew it, a week turned into months, turned into a year. And then we just, you know, I, I'm a workaholic. I like, to, I like to do music, you know, it's every day. Right, yeah. So I just said, okay, rather than just sitting around waiting, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record. I have a home studio at my house. So I started writing tons of songs and with other musicians and, me and Steph were reaching out to each other. And like I said, a focal point for us to get, because we're having fun. So the band name is from a song off the London Fog album, right? How did you guys... decide that that was going to be the name for the band that song was a song written about ronnie james deal a tribute to him on the london fog it had me Vinny apathy steph play guitar and keyboards on it and rudy sarzo from quiet riot oh, wow. um, ozzy and all that he played bass on it that's awesome so we did yeah uh, rudy and Vinny both as you know played with with ronnie yeah i always thought it was a cool song and um a cool title so Vinny, after we did this song called Stone Cold, um, that was the first song we wrote together. Vinny called me up and said, hey, there's this German label that 
putting out this compilation album uh, with all these big bands on it, and they want me to do something. And I sent them Stone Cold, and they loved it. I said, nice. okay, great. Do you mind if we use it? And I said, 100%, let's do it. And he said, well, what should we call it? And I said, we should call it the Vinny Appleseed Band. He goes, I don't want to, Vinny's not vain like that. He doesn't like the, you know, he's, he has no ego, zero ego. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to call it that. I go, well, let's call it Vinny Appleseed Scream then. Well, okay. You know, he goes, I like to scream. I just don't want, you know, I don't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like to be, he's not a braggart guy. You know, he doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. doesn't want to be the center said, of attention. Not at all. He said, I love it. Let's just call it like a band. I said, how about Scream Taker, the song that we did off because I love that. So he submitted it as Scream Taker. You know, they put it out on an album and all that, that song. And um, and I guess it's just, we said, okay. Then when we got the record deal, we were going to call it a Jim Crean record, but it did, didn't sound like a Jim Crean record. It sounded like a band. Yeah. Because my records, they have, there's a certain sound to Crean record, as you know. Yeah. They're more AOR type music. Whereas this was more of a band, metal, hard rock band. Yeah, it's definitely harder. Sabbathy yeah. band. Dio song band, so let's just keep that scream taker for the album, and that's what we did. And it's great because it fits. And yeah, and in so many of these episodes that I've done, one of the hardest things people tell me is that is is finding a band name. So mm-hmm. if you can find a band name that's unique and it didn't take any effort, that's just gravy. You're right, and you know what? It just came natural. It fit. When I said Scream Taker, it just fit what we were doing. And everything about it felt right. Like that, it sounds cool. It's easy to say. Did remember Scream Taker? It's just cool. It's just, I don't know, it fit. And um, we bounced a bunch of other names around that percent good. And that one just seemed to stick. And, and, and it really is. And that's what we did. You know, so that's, I'm glad we did because it's morphed into a band. <laughs> and it's it's 12 original tracks which i know in, in uh, looking at the other albums and listening to them you do like to include usually include one or two covers but this is all 12 originals w- were there ever any idea of doing any covers or was it just hey we've got 12 originals already let's just go with that you know when uh, you're right on my solo albums i always like to sneak a cover in there because i i always like doing covers because of one reason i like to do my my take on a cover mm-hmm. like and make it sound my, like my own. Yeah. So I've always put covers on the last four or five solo albums I did. I actually released three covers albums out too. Yes, I saw. Yeah. So I have three covers albums out there. <laughs> um, and this one, we, we, we did, um, we covered Country Girl by Sabbath. But we just decided not to put it on there. We said, let's just do all original. Oh, wow. Oh, see, I'd love to hear that. Just because we were in such a, in such a, we were so inspired to write songs at that time. There was really no reason to do a cover on And it sounds like you guys were on quite a roll, too. You, we were. So. It was fun, exciting. Looking back at the whole experience, and you bring me back to that. It was so fun to just get the files back from, like, Vin and say, oh, wow, look what he did there. I wouldn't have thought to do that, but that's cool. And I would, like, re-sing it over to what he did, and then I'd send it over to Steph. Steph would send it back to me and put, like, a new solo on it. And I'd say, that's clever. Let me try oh, the vocal over that. So it just was so inspiring. And we just had so much fun making this record that in all honesty, it didn't feel pressure at all. It, felt, it was exciting. That's awesome. Well, I, I wanted to tell you, the, the two standouts to me, my, my favorites are uh, Like Love Takes.
Galloping Iron Maiden sound to it, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Shine on. Mm. Those are two of my favorites. That Shine on is kind of creepy sounding. Beyond creepy sounding, <laughs> and it wasn't a song that was going to even make the record. We had eleven songs written, talked to the label, we signed a deal, and then they said, "Well, you got eleven songs. Why don't you throw one more on there in case we need it for because it was released in Europe and Japan and all that." Yeah, they said um, they always like to have an, a bonus track. Yeah. So me and Steph started writing a song, "Shine On," and it was not coming along. I kept sending it over to Vinny and Vinny kept going, ah, okay. And then he sent it back to me and say, I don't really like the way it's going. And it's there's no flow to it. It was different than what you're, you're hearing. Okay. And it was real creepy. Like you said, it had with the falsetto kind of <laughs> creepy beginning. It sounds like a horror movie. It does. It? It sounds like something like, you know, you're waiting for, I don't know. Got to jump out behind the couch or something. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's, and it's got that big beefy riff to go with it. Mm-hmm. It's just, Oh, that's it's creepy. You're right. That's a great word to describe. It's creepy. And so it just wasn't coming together. And finally I sent to Vinny. I said, well, do what you want to do with it. But we just won't do the song. And he goes, well, let me try something. So he started chopping it all up and, and, and whatnot and sent it back to me. And I said, okay, all right. So I, I reached all the vocals to that creepy way it is now. And then they all, they both came back to me and said, that's what we want. Oh my God. So that we submitted the song and the label loved it. And, um, we said, let's make that the last song on the record. And I think that's a cool way to end the song album. Absolutely. Real, real creepy. And I noticed some of the lyrics and the songs have a, uh, like a cryptid supernatural reference to some of the lyrics. Is, is that, a, is there an, any type of overarching theme in the album or is it just an interest and every once in a while pops like the werewolves and vampires and. It was during COVID. I was watching a lot of I was watching a lot of Hammer films and movies and things like that. Well, that makes you know, sense. Because think about it: when you're out on the road like that, you're not you don't have time to watch movies and stuff like that. You're you're working. Yeah. So we weren't doing much of any anything, but just watching movies and everybody's locked up in their house. So we were going through all our old movies, watching movies. So I was really inspired by a lot of that stuff. And at that time, we were watching a lot of horror movies and spooky movies and stuff like that. So. I wrote songs based on what I, I'd watch a movie and go, I'm, I'm inspired. I'm going to go write words to it. And I, and I think the words are some of my best lyrics ever. They're really clever because I got to take my time and write meaningful words. Yeah. So, okay. So there isn't, it wasn't necessarily intentional. It just kind of crept in through circumstance. Even the sounding out of the album, everybody says, well, it sounds like Dio and Black Sabbath. Hear that? Because of course you're going to hear it. We got Vinny on it. Yeah. 
you know, me and Steph are influenced by it, but I hear it as like a fresh sounding metal album, rock album. Mm-hmm. And I can't even say it's metal. I think it's just a rock album. Yeah. Like Eternity is a very commercial sounding rock song. You could hear it on the radio. Oh, for sure. It's not, not metal at all. That, and 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 kill the beautiful the title track. That's pretty heavy. I like that's that. That's very Sabbath. Me too. But, but it's very Sabbath. It, but I think that's why I like it. But I could definitely hear that on 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 uh, rock stations. You know, when we first, I was worried about that because you know, I wanted to name the song "Kill the Beautiful." Yeah. You know, because I just thought that was a, and it's nothing to do with killing anybody or anything like that. It's it means like you can't kill the spirit inside you can't build your beauty inside oneself that makes if sense. you're beautiful inside it'll show and people will see your beauty inside now it depend doesn't matter what you look like or it's how you carry yourself you can't kill the beautiful i love that and um yeah and that's what it really means but it's open to interpretation of course. so i was real concerned that in this day and age everybody's so worried about can't say kill oh this guy wants to kill somebody oh he said kill these guys are out to kill people. You got to worry about, you know how people are so touchy nowadays. Yep. So you got, you got to watch that. So I was worried that they were going to say, nah, let's call it like the beautiful or let's not call it anything. Let's call it. They were like, okay, that's what you want to call it. And I said, yeah, call it that. That's cool. Scream take, kill the beautiful. It, how badass is that? It is. And it, you know, it, it catches your attention. Mm-hmm. Especially in, like you said, in this day and age where everybody's walking on eggshells about what they're calling oh. everything. So. And it's killing everybody's creativity too, because even when you write songs, you can't just what's yeah, the word? Freedom of speech and freedom of of artistic value is just thrown out the window because you can't be yourself. You got to be politically correct. And you know what? Exactly. This album's not that. If you listen to that song, um, uh, Frontline. Yes. Great. Read track. the words. Yeah. Thanks. And that was completely about COVID. But it's cryptid. I didn't come out and say, you know, I heard a lot of songs during that were written about COVID that from other, from a lot of bands and they would just blatantly say, you know, COVID, this, that, that lockdown, that song's not, it's, it's about that, but it's not written like that. It's, it's up to interpretation. But if you read the words, you can, in the book that you can really read between the lines. That's basically about all the nonsense that was going on with COVID. Right. Yes, COVID was horrible, but there was a lot of game playing throughout the whole thing. And that's what that song's about. Because the words, the heroes are on the front line, meaning the real people that are people that were fighting for us. Yep. On the front. So have you guys been touring the, the album yet? That's a great question. No, we have not. Because stuff's in France. Right. Um, so what's going to happen is we're debuting the band January 26th at the heavy metal hall of fame. Oh, so that's nice. going to be, yeah, it's a big wow. deal. Cause all our peers are there and you know, there's a lot of big name people that are going to be inducted. We're, we're going to be that place. That's playing that. you got to be comfortable with that. People. Cause that you're in the Buffalo that, music hall of fame. So you, that's, that's right up your alley. 
Yeah, and it's a great way to go out and say, okay, wow, what a way to, way to what a way to debut your your project when in front of all these amazing musicians. Yeah, we're just so, gonna come out and just say, here we are. Have you guys settled on a on a bass player for that show yet? That's a great question. We do. We have a few guys in in mind. We just gotta kind of see if it's all gonna come together. But it's gonna be a, someone that's definitely there. It's gonna be amazing. It'll fit with what we're doing. I mean, there's some great play, some amazing bass players out there. Oh yeah. That we want to reach out to and see if they'd be interested. Awesome. I wish I could get there. I I'd love to hear this. I, I'd love to hear this live. I mean, I was studio yeah. albums are great, but I, you know how good it is when, when the band comes out and, and crushes it live. So I'm dying to hear this live. Then he said the same thing. He can't wait to play these songs live because think about it. How cool will that be to hear, um, uh, you know, frontline or one of those songs live or, you know, those songs would just would be really cool to, to hear live. Stone Cold would be amazing live. Mm. I can't wait to yeah. hear that. Still beautiful. It's be cool. Yeah. So how can people find the album? Uh, can they, is there a social media presence? How can they buy a copy? I mean, we're on Facebook, but there's, um, you can just go to Deco, D-E-K-O Entertainment. Um, and there's like a bundle pack that you can get now. It's a t-shirt, really cool t-shirt, a signed book, autographed booklet by the three of us. Nice. And it was all the lyrics, all the credits there. And then of course the disc. It's going to be, we're talking about putting it on a vinyl now. So that, that's going to, that is awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I mean, the response to this thing's been unbelievable. Like more so than what we thought was going to happen. And we were just going to release a cool record. That's all. That was the whole idea behind it. Just let's release a cool record. Then we started getting offers from South America to come play there. Oh wow! And all all this crazy stuff has been happening to the point where it's like, wow, I guess we're going to, this is going to become something good. That is awesome. Well, you know, when you guys, when music is created, not out of a commercial, a a, a desire to be successful, just out of fun. And and Mm -hmm. you can definitely tell. And I think a lot of people are drawn to the genuineness of music like that. And I think that's what's happening with Scream Takers. So congratulations on, on the already all the success that you're having with it. That's I'm, I'm thrilled to hear it. And when he told me a story about when they did the Dio Holy Diver, yeah, that was just supposed to be a, a Ronnie James Dio solo album. Not much more than that. They just hung out with the sound studio and uh, just were recording, having fun with it. Not with no intentions of really doing anything more than just being a Ronnie James Dio solo album. And the rest is history, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's funny because I think when you go in there with the intentions of, of just having fun, it's it, so much easier than pressure trying to make a great record. Absolutely. I agree so much. And I want to thank you for joining me for, for being on the podcast and talking about the album really have enjoyed it. It's really fun. Even the creepy song is fun to listen to. So thank you so much for spending this time with me and, and tell me some awesome stories about the creation of this awesome new album. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for guys like you that take the time to, you know, play our music and spread the word because, uh, Nowadays, that's you're all we got. You yeah. Know, there's no, there's no more radio that we can just you know, label will go put it out on. You just sit back and wait. Exactly. You know, we have to, we have to all go on hustle, work together. And thanks for, uh, thanks for doing that. 